God will do you better than Job. My God will do you better than anything. Hallelujah. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm telling you, somebody that's his sister worldly, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. God's in this place. If you want a miracle, I'm telling you, praise God in this place. I feel a promotion coming. I feel a doubling coming. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, that's it. Somebody magnify him. It feels good in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When you let praises go forth, it never stays there. There's blessings that come down. There's goodness. There's miracles. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Come on, let's shout unto him. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. If you're victorious, why don't you let it be known with your worship? I got power. I got, I got victory in the name of Jesus. I got authority. Bobby, come on, somebody give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Man, it feels good in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night. How many has been enjoying what God's been doing around here for the last several months? I believe it's just going to keep on perpetuating, and it's just going to get gooder and gooder in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2. Amen. Glad to see everybody in the house of the Lord here today. Amen. You don't want to miss Sunday. It's going to be a great time where we gather together and worship the Lord. And uh, make sure you're inviting somebody to his house and letting people know about Jesus. And God will bless you for it. Amen. Amen. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible says this. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth for there is one God Amen. I'm thankful for that revelation right there. There is one God and, or, or the word literally translates even, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And tonight I want to teach on this subject. I'm going to be talking about intercession, but we can title it Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Would you set down your Bibles and let's lift up our hands here tonight. And let's pray that God would touch. He's already anointed his word. Now God, anoint me to speak it and anoint us to receive your word, God. I, I, want, I want this word to get so deep in my heart, God. Amen. That it becomes a part of my being, God. And I give you great praise and great glory and great honor in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen God bless you, you may be seated for just a few moments here tonight Amen. intercession is in fact the art of asking for a friend the apostle is telling his young prodigy by the name of Timothy and he is exhorting him on how to lead the church and how to pastor. And uh, it's a great book, many, many great things in there. Uh, but he begins to exhort him about prayer. And for those of us that maybe are wondering what we've been talking about this year, we've been talking about prayer. And, uh, and it's been working, amen? God's been moving in a more powerful way, and it's not because God got greater. You know, and, and God's not spread thin. God's not made weaker or stronger. It's that when we begin to call upon the name of the Lord, we are invoking his presence. Amen. When the church begins to pray, the power of God becomes more and more evident. 
When, when you and I begin to pray the presence of God, it's not that he became more powerful, but it's that we have, we have submitted ourselves under him. We have allowed our will to be under his will. And we've said, Lord, we want you to come in. And what we cannot do, we need you to do. Somebody give him praise. And so when we think about intercession, uh, I, I just want to talk about this. I really felt impressed to teach about this uh, because... If we're not careful, there's a lot of things that we will miss and things that will someday become unknown. And it, it, it's a sad day and it's a sad thing that would happen if, if the concept of intercession were to, were to someday just disappear. Now, there's some folks, this might be the first time you've heard about intercession. Well, that's good. You're in, you're in a good place here today. And there's others that it's been a long, long time since somebody talked about intercession. And what we focus on grows, and what we don't focus on begins to diminish. And I, I don't want to see a day where another generation rises up that has no idea what intercession is. That, that people... That their ministry in the kingdom of God was, I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I think that's a call to every Christian, every apostolic person. But, but I don't want one older generation to die off with these truths and it not be passed down into the next generation. If our church is truly going to continue in revival, it is going to be because somebody, amen, began to intercede. Amen. We cannot allow intercession to become a, a lost a lost art we've got to make sure we're continually focusing on it i believe that everyone by the time we leave here tonight can become an intercessor turn to your neighbor and tell him i can be an intercessor it's not just grandma that's an intercessor amen there's some intercessors in this house tonight you want to know why there's a church here in carson city because there's intercessors amen because somebody's praying amen to intercede, to have intercession, is to assail somebody with petitions. To urge on behalf of another to come between or to do what Jesus does, to mediate. To be that bridge between one part and another. Intercession happens in two ways. It happens when we choose to intercede. And intercession happens when God asks us or prompts us in the Holy Ghost to intercede. Regardless of how it starts, every person that's going to be an intercessor must say yes to intercession. It cannot be something that there's some people that, goes, that, that would say, well, the Spirit just took me over and I had no control. That's not true. If you're going to be an intercessor, it's because you said yes. And when God moved on you, you didn't think about the laundry or other things that needed to be done. You just said yes in that moment. And you begin to operate in intercession. You begin to mediate. Amen. And you begin to operate in the Holy Ghost for somebody else. You begin to petition. Amen. You begin to petition heaven. Amen. For somebody here on earth. You begin to urge all of heaven to respond on behalf of somebody else. You came in between. You mediated through the power of the Holy Ghost. Intercession is a selfless, willing act. The Bible says in the last days that men shall be lovers of them own selves. We are living in that hour today where we, have, we are surrounded. And I want to say this. The church is surrounded, but it should not be the church. The church is surrounded by a spirit of it's about me. Selfishness has become the mantra of our generation and intercession is a selfless act it is a willing act nobody made you do it but you said yes when god was moving you chose to do it amen intercession if you could put it down in your notes intercession is when prayer loses its spiritual selfishness let me say that again intercession is when prayer loses its spiritual selfishness. 
In other words, when you begin to intercede, you understand it's not about me. There is a place in prayer. We've talked about it when you pray for yourself. And I think that you're only going to be able to pray for others as much as you're able to pray for yourself. That's why he told Abraham, you are blessed to be a blessing. I, I just got to pass it for a moment. I know some people that want to take care of everybody else's business, but they don't want to take care of their business. And before God will use you to intercede on behalf of somebody else, he's going to have you get a word about you. Hallelujah. I've met one too many parking lot prophets that always had a word for everybody else, but nobody could tell them nothing, let alone God. No, 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 you're not being used in intercession. You might be used in gossip and other things, but it's not intercession. Amen. Intercession is when you go and you pray and you've already taken care of self, but God realizes you're in a position now where I can use you on behalf of somebody else. Amen. It's when it's no longer about you and that prayer begins to go beyond oneself and it reaches towards heaven on behalf of somebody else. Church, if we're going to have revival, we need intercession. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 16. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 16, the Bible says this. And he saw that there was no man, this is God speaking, and wondered, if I could put it in my own words, and wondered why there was no intercessor. Amen. I want you to know God is looking for intercessors. God is looking for somebody that will mediate, somebody that will stand in the gap, somebody that will pray for others. Amen. He is looking for intercessors. Well, I don't know what my ministry is. I don't know what God wants to use me in. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I can tell you right now, there is a deficit in the kingdom of God for intercessors. God himself went looking in the Old Testament. He was wondering why. There was a ton of people that were believers and a ton of people that were Israelites, and yet there was no mediator. There was no intercessor. There was nobody that could come to the heavens on behalf of the nation. And he looked and saw that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation. I want you to know that when we don't intercede, God will not leave the world without an intercessor, his own arm. God will intercede. I want you to know there will be intercession made. He wants it to be somebody. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to finish this verse. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness. It sustained him. I want you to get this. Here we go. Some people wonder where some New Testament verses come from right here. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're not going to read all of the verses, but we're going to read Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Now, when you get to the context of this scripture, I want you to notice when God said, I was looking for intercessor, I found none. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation. But how did he do it before he got to intercession? He said, I'm going to put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. My feet are going to be shod with the preparation of the gospel pieces. Does it sound anything like Ephesians chapter 6? We talk about the whole armor of God that you should put it on, that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil, and above all, the shield of faith, that you can quench every fiery dart of the wicked. Can I help somebody? Amen. That's what's happening when you pray for you. You're getting yourself in a spiritual soldier's mindset, and you're saying, I'm going to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I'm going to make sure that my mind is saved. I'm going to make sure that my heart is righteous. I'm going to make sure that I am walking in truth. And when that person gets that mindset and they get that spiritual armor and they get prepared to do spiritual warfare, then praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for who? For all saints. God is looking for intercessors. This these verses are declaring spiritual warfare. 
Amen. It is the armor of God. And every individual that wants to be an intercessor has got to put on the whole armor of God. I know too many people that walk around and say, well, I got the helmet of salvation. I'm saved and I'm sanctified. But you got to have a lot more than just a helmet on your head. You're no good in the battle. If all you do is tout that you're saved, you got to be righteous. you got to be walking right. That's why we hit the prayer room. That's why we hit our knees and seek the face of God. Because i got to make sure that my loins are girt about with truth. That when I go to pray for somebody, I'm praying according to truth. i got to make sure my mind's right. So I'm praying, and I'm saved, and I pray for them to be saved. i got to have the breastplate of righteousness so I can pray a righteous man's prayer. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, let's worship him. Can I, I came to teach, but I might as well preach. Church, it's time to engage in spiritual warfare. It's time to make sure we got the whole armor. Not bits, not pieces, but we got it all. Kevin, I got my faith. I got it. And when I got it all on, I don't just walk around uh, like a knight in shining armor and I got everything polished. No, I got it on for a reason. I didn't get prepared. I didn't pray until I, I prayed so that I could get a hold of intercession and make prayer and supplication for all of the saints. Amen. Let me just pass it for a moment. If you say, well, I got the whole armor of God, but you run your brother down. You do not. You got your sword on so you could cut somebody through. You're not, it's not the Holy Ghost. It's not of God. We didn't get ourselves dressed in military attire to go to war with our brothers and sisters. No. Amen. If you wonder why I got my soldier's garment on, it's so that I can pray for you. It's so I can fast. Because God's looking for an intercessor. There's a need in the 21st century for intercessors. Old intercessors. Middle-aged intercessors. Young intercessors. Children that intercede. Oh, somebody give them praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Intercession is basically the gospel. If you have your Bibles, Romans 8 and 34. And then we'll be turned to Hebrews chapter 7. Intercession is the gospel because Jesus is the intercessor. He is the mediator between God and men. He is the one that stands in the gap. Amen. Romans 8 34. Who is he that condemneth? This will help somebody. The Bible says, there, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. If you are struggling with intercession, you've got to ask this question Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Who is he that can bring up an accusation against God's elect? Who is, who is the individual that can bring, amen, something that is so severe and so dirty and so filthy that it would somehow stain the blood of Jesus? That's what it's saying. Who is, who is that which can stand against what Jesus' sacrifice on Calvary did? It is Christ that died. Yea, it is rather he that is risen again, who is even at the right hand or the power of God, who does what? He maketh intercession for us. Amen. So when you fall, when you fail, God's not sitting over you. Amen. With a rock in his hand looking to beat you down. Amen. But it is he that says, I died for that individual. Not while they were perfect. Not while they had their suit or dress on. I died for them while they were without strength. While they were ungodly. With while they were yet sinners. So when you fail, there's a God in heaven that is making intercession for you. That is praying. Amen. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Continue on. Wherefore he is able also to save them. How does God save? Saves them to the uttermost. God's able to take you from the guttermost to the uttermost. He doesn't just save you a little. He saves you all the way. Well, he just saved me a little. No, 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 no. I want you to know when Jesus saves people, he really saves people. When, when you get born again, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are. If you say, well, I still got all this junk from my past, I want you to know you can go back down in the name of Jesus. You, you can pray through to the Holy Ghost, and you can let him save you to the uttermost. 
Amen. He saves them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing that he liveth to make intercession for them. This is a moment where Peter is about to fail. And Jesus says, Peter, I prayed for you. I want you to know, we don't just talk about prayer. God prays. God's praying, and he's looking at Peter and saying, you, you've got an opportunity in front of you that you might fall and you might fail, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not in the moment and the hour of temptation. You know what he was doing? He was making intercession. He was telling Peter, you're probably going to fail. You're probably going to fall. But just so you don't get the devil in your brain condemning you, who is he that is condemned? I want you to know there's a God that's looking down at you, and he's saying you can get up. You can. Oh, somebody give him praise. You can try again. You can make. He said, Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith fell not. Not, not that you, there would never be temptation. Not that there would never be trials. Not that there would never be problems. Uh, but I prayed for you that your faith would not fail in the midst of failure. I prayed for you that in spite of it all. I want you to know there's a God that right now, he didn't just die on a cross, go in a grave, raise again on the third day, and ascend up to heaven. Right. To sit around. No, 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 no. He sits there daily. He's making intercession for you and I. This is why the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It's not because the church is powerful. It's not because the church has got it all together. No, it's because there's a God in heaven that is interceding on behalf of his church. Oh, somebody's getting it tonight. Somebody's getting it tonight. Oh, well, I don't know how I'm going to make it, Pastor. I want you to know how you're going to make it. There is a God that is in heaven right now making intercession. He's saying, come on, you can make it. Oh, I feel him. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify him right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus is interceding for you right now. Well, I just need somebody to pray for me. Jesus is praying for you right now. I just wish I had a little more strength. Jesus is praying for your strength right now. Oh, somebody pray right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, let, let, let somebody feel the prayers. Amen. Jesus is interceding for you right now. Amen. I pray that you feel the grace of God right now. I pray you feel the goodness of the Lord. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Jesus is making intercession right now. He is praying for his church on a Wednesday night in 2020 when the world's going crazy and everything's upside down in your life. He's praying. He's a high priest. Daily, he's going in, preparing a sacrifice. Well, I've sinned. Don't worry. He is your Savior. I made mistakes. Don't worry. He can pick you up. He's interceding. We've got to get the right theology about this one God. He is the mediator between God and man. He is the mediator. And what says the man Christ Jesus is not saying there's a second person in the Trinity. There is no Trinity. There's one God. What it's saying is that the man Christ Jesus, or the sacrifice, amen, amen, that the word that was made flesh that dwelt among us, amen, that that very thing, that sacrifice he made on Calvary, amen, when it goes before the holiness, amen, the righteousness of God, amen, that when it looks at sin that no flesh should glory in his presence, amen, all of a sudden there's a mediator there and it's the sacrifice that he made on Calvary that when you show up, that's why. It's because of an intercessor that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and we can find mercy. Because when you show up a rotten slug of a sinner and you know you messed up, you show up and there's a mediator there that says, don't worry, my blood will cover you. I've been praying for you. Somebody thinks they just walked into church, waltzed into church. No, 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 no. Amen. Jesus was there mediating. He was pulling. He was connecting you over the chasm and saying, you can do it. You can make it. Make an intercession for us. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him great praise. I wish somebody would shout and give him praise. He's mediating right now. He's mediating in the midst of your failures. He's mediating in the midst of your troubles. He's mediating. Amen. He's there and you can walk over that bridge. From what you are to what God has called you to be. And it's all through Jesus who is making intercession for us. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. 
Now that we know Jesus is interceding, we can find out about what we're called to do. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. I thank God for that. He's helping out our weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray as we ought. Yes, I think we all could do a little better, right? Sometimes we don't know what is better. So that's where he helps our infirmities. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is why you can't truly be an intercessor until you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. We've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost, church. He's not coming back for a lethargic, watered-down church. He's not coming back for a church that's got, uh, you know, forgot to iron this week. It's without spot or wrinkle, you know. He's not coming back for the five unwise virgins that are half full or if you want to look at it the other way, half empty and they, they maybe kind of got a little Jesus on Sunday and the next week. No, in this generation, in this crazy world, this upside-down world, you got to save yourself from the untoward generation. It's going crazy. We've got to be full to the brim with the Holy Ghost. Because we got infirmities, church. And if anybody that says, well, no, we got it all together. No, we've got infirmities. And we need the Holy Ghost to help us. That's why a key component to prayer is humility. Humility that says, I can't do it by myself. Humility that understands I am frail and I am weak and I can't always think the right things and I can't always pray the right prayers and I, I don't always have it together and I feel sometimes I'm failing at my in certain areas but I need the Holy Ghost to be so full and rising up and, and I need that river of living waters to flow out of me that it can help me when I can't help myself, that it can pray when I can't really pray. That's why the Bible says we build up our most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. We got to get out of the carnal mind. We got to get out of the flesh. We got to lay aside every weight and the sin that easily entraps us and besets us. And we got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody pray right now. It's not a time to be empty. It's not a time to be dry. It's a time to be on fire and full of the Holy Ghost. Full of oil, full of wine, full of all of the good things of God's Spirit. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray right now. We're praying in the Holy Ghost. God, you can move in every service. You can move on midweeks. You can move on prayer meetings. You can move in pre-service prayer because i got to be full of the Holy Ghost. And I don't always know how to do it. And I don't always have it together. And I, maybe I just had a rough week or a rough day. But when I begin to pray, amen, the Holy Ghost can help me where I can't help myself. I, I want to minister. Something. You know what? We, if we're not careful, we'll get so used to to. To, to come into church that we'll learn how to live for God without God. I'll say it again. If we're not careful, we'll get so used to coming to church and going and doing what everything we do and, and just being religious and we learn how to live for God without God. He never intended for us to do it by ourselves. If Jesus intended for us to do it by us, ourselves, he'd have never come down to help us. He'd have never been interceding for us. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He didn't want you to do this by yourself. You can't live for God without God. It's a walk with God, not a walk for God. Hallelujah. Stop walking for God and just start walking with God. Sometimes we get ahead of God. Well, I want this to move forward faster. And Abraham starts producing an Ishmael because he stopped walking with God and start walking ahead of God and for God. His righteousness is not dependent on whether you're doing everything right. He's going to be righteous with or without you. You might as well walk with him and say, I need you to help me. Mediate for me. Intercede for me. Help me. Help my infirmities. We got to have God.
got to have the Holy Ghost. Churches get so programmed, they get used to being in the program. They don't walk with God. God came looking for Adam when he was not finding him walking with him. Where was Adam? He got ahead or he got behind. Because somewhere he stopped walking with God. The Holy Ghost is there to help our infirmities and our human inabilities. Because we don't always know what to pray. And we don't always know how to pray. It helps us with many things. It helps us with our priorities. Sometimes I want to pray about this. But that's not really what the issue is. Amen. The Holy Ghost will make intercession for you. Amen. Amen. Before God starts telling us about everybody else, he will tell us about us. Before he ever tells me all the great and mystical things, what I need to tell my wife, he tells me about me being a husband. He's helping my infirmities. He's giving me my priorities and getting them in order so that I know what I ought to be praying about. Because I want to think that this is the issue and I want to talk about this, God, and I want to pray about this. But when the Holy Ghost begins to move, he goes, no, no, that's not really the issue. What happened is here's... He's, what is he doing? He's not just redirecting me. He's helping me. He's helping my infirmities because I don't know what to pray about right now. Intercession. He's making intercession for us. He'll bring about reminders, things that maybe I forgot about, precious promises that I have forgotten, dreams and visions. He'll remind me about them. Why? Through the power of the Holy Ghost helping make intercession for me. Amen. He'll give me direction. He'll give you direction. Uh, he'll do a lot of things. Amen. There's some things uh, that, we, that, we, that, need, that we need to pray about. Let me help somebody. There's some things we need to pray about that cannot be put into words. Anybody ever had that? Well, you just, you can't put it into words. I know I have. I got some prayers that right now I'm saying, God, I can't effectively and eloquently put this before you in the way that I really want to put it. And English isn't working or Spanish, if that's your language, or Thai, if that's your language. It's not effectively doing it. And I'm trying. And that's where the Holy Ghost comes in. And you can't put it into words. Amen. And when you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, it makes intercession for you. It goes beyond the limitations of language. With groanings that cannot be uttered. It doesn't make a lot of sense to everybody else. It just looks like you're just rolling in pain. But what's happening? The Holy Ghost is interceding for you. Oh, I feel, I feel him in this house. The Holy Ghost makes intercession for us. But I want to help somebody. The Holy Ghost makes intercession through us. The Holy Ghost can get beyond the limitations of language. We already said that. Amen. It can also get beyond because he says the Holy Ghost knows the heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful of all things are desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then it continues on and says, I, the Lord, try the reins. We don't know our own heart. It'll lie to us. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it'll help you sort out your feelings. It'll help you sort out your feelings where you think that you should be mad about this or upset about this. And God will begin to move things and go, you know what's really going on? Uh, he knows your heart. Uh, and he can begin to help your infirmities. Uh, amen. He goes beyond the frailty of your language, uh, the frailty of your heart. Uh, he even goes beyond the frailty of our mind or our intellect. Uh, there's some people that can pray. Uh, amen. But that, that they can pray real deep. Uh, and they may not be as smart as everybody else. But you get them in that prayer room. Uh, and they begin to call down heaven to earth. Uh, it goes beyond even the frailty of intellect because it's not intellect that's going to get you saved it's the Holy Ghost it can help the frailty of mind where you don't know you, you, maybe you can't think this one out you know I, I, I just came to help somebody there's some things you can't, you can't think yourself out of you can't think anybody out. You want to do everything you can. You're racking your brain. You're, you're going through textbook. You're trying to figure out what you can't think your way out of it. you got to pray in the Holy Ghost and let him intercede through you and for you. He'll help the mind, even the carnal one, which is the enemy of God. He'll help disarm our minds. The Holy Ghost can go beyond the limitations of our worries. When we begin to ask the question, well, I don't know if this is really something I could pray about. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. 
I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know if this is the will of God. The Holy Ghost knows because he is God. He knows exactly what, the will, what his will is. And when you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, he can begin to intercede through you and for you. And you don't got to worry about the frailty of whether you know whether God's going to do. You just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and say, Lord, you know exactly what it is. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray right now. Come on, when you get the Holy Ghost flowing in your life, uh, he makes intercession for you. Uh, words that you can't speak, groanings that can't be uttered. Uh, but it's not just going to be only you. He's going to make it through you. The Holy Ghost can intercede for us, but it also enables us to intercede for others. You don't exactly know, neither do I. I don't know what's going on in people's lives. I get a little bit of what people tell me, but aside from that, I don't know exactly how I should pray for that person. But when I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and God directs me about an individual, I begin to pray. And I might not know exactly what they need, but God does. When I begin to intercede in prayer, it supersedes distance. They could be a million miles away, but when I pray in the Holy Ghost, God can meet them right where they are. I can begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, and it can supersede dialect. I don't exactly know what language they speak. I might speak English, and they speak another language. But when I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, they might be in Africa, but God can speak to them in a language. I want you to know this is exactly what happens. I'll prove it to you. Amen. Paul gets a vision of a Macedonian man. Amen. They don't necessarily speak the same language, but Paul understands what's going on. There's a man that's praying, and he's saying, would you come help us? And he understood it just fine. You can begin to intercede in the Holy Ghost, and there can be a Cornelius that's praying, and God can give you a vision, or vice versa, and you don't have everything together. You're far away. You don't speak the same language, but when you intercede, and God intercedes through us, through the power of the Holy Ghost, Guess what happens? Amen. God can reach right where they are. Intercession can connect people. Peter gets that vision. It connects him to reach somebody. Intercession is for others. God will, when you're praying, you pray in the Holy Ghost, God is interceding for you. We already said that Jesus is the one that is making intercession. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you may not know it, uh, but you are also interceding for somebody else. Uh, they, may, but they may not be anywhere near you, connected to you. Uh, they might be a million miles away. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, uh, when you begin to intercede, God begins to intercede through you. Uh, he uses a willing vessel, amen, to begin to pray. And that's where revivals can start sparking somewhere, amen that maybe you don't realize but one day when we get to heaven uh, he'll say you remember when I moved on you to pray I put a burden on your heart uh, that's how that entire city's church got so oh hallelujah come on somebody let's pray right now We need, a, we need to have intercession. It's got to be not just once in a while. Amen. Intercession's got to be something that we do. There's times where God moves on us. God said, can I keep this thing from Abraham of what I'm about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah? He said, that's my friend right there. And the Bible says, we, we, we ourselves have been called the friends of God. We at one time were not a people, but are now the people of God. And he said, I'm not going to hide things from my friend. Amen. When you get close to God in your personal prayer life, he says, I can trust them with this. They'll pray about this. Some people aren't getting words because God doesn't know if he can trust you to pray about it. Amen. You might gossip about it instead. But he says, I can trust this person. They're my friend. And he tells Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham doesn't go, okay, that sounds good. No. He says, Lord, peradventure, if there be 50 righteous, what's he doing? He's interceding. He's saying, if there's 50, could you save the city? I want you to know what's holding back Jesus' return. It's not who gets elected. It's the church that's saying, Lord, give us a little more time my mom's not saved yet my neighbor's not saved yet oh god could you wait another year we need oh i, I, I just cross swords with somebody's theology until the fullness of the gentiles it's not going to happen until the last gentiles set 
It's the church. It's until Noah hits that last nail in the ark and gets his family on the boat and gets the animals on the boat that God finally closed the door. Can I help you? When the church is interceding, we're saying, God, just hold back. Give it a little more time. Oh, hallelujah. There's some folks saying, I can't wait to get out of here. You can say that all you want. I hope Jesus holds out for another 500 years. Because I want somebody's kids to be saved. I want my kids to be saved. I want my grandkids to be saved. I want my family to be saved. I want everyone in Carson City to have heard the word of God. So what am I doing? I'm interceding. And I'm saying, God, not yet. If there's 50, if there's 40, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10, if there's one young person, if there's one elderly person, if there's one middle-aged person, if there's one more family, could you wait? Intercession is what Abraham did for Lot. Intercession is what Moses did when God said, I'm going to kill the people. He said, hold up. If you kill them, kill me too. What are you doing? You're saying, no, God. No, 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 no. I, I, will, I will willingly, amen, let myself suffer, amen, in the flesh. And I'll get up and I'll pray at 3 in the morning because I feel like, God, you want to reach somebody. Amen. Intercession is what the high priest did once a year for the nation. He went into that holy place and he sprinkled the blood of the sacrifice on the mercy seat. And he said, God, amen, mercy is different than grace. Grace gives you the ability to do what you could not do. It's the unmerited favor of God, but mercy withholds the judgment that you're due. What were they doing every year? They were saying, oh, could you hold back? That's why the Bible says the mercy of God is new every morning. What is happening? The judgment that should have fallen on our life from yesterday. Every morning we wake up, there's new mercy. And what's happening? Intercession. He's saying, no, I'm going to withhold their judgment. I'm going to give them another chance. I'm going to give them another day. Intercession is when the centurion came to Jesus and said, my servant is sick. Could you heal him? Intercession is when that mother had a daughter that was possessed of the devils and began to pray and say, Jesus, would you deliver my daughter of the devil? Amen. Intercession is when that father said, my son's been plagued with these demons since he was a kid. And Jesus lets that boy go free. Amen. Intercession is when Jesus says, Peter, I prayed for you that your faith fail not. Intercession is when Jesus looks down at his church and says, I am continually interceding for you. And intercession is when you... Begin to pray for somebody else. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Let's stand across this building. Come on, let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. What's happening right now? God's wanting to deposit a culture of intercessors. And all he needs is willing vessels. All he needs is people that will say, I am willing. I'll stand in the gap, Jesus. I'll pray. I'll be the one to say, no, 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 no. Not yet, God. I know they're backslidden, but not yet, God. Don't let your judgment fall on them. I know people are acting up, but God, don't let your judgment fall on their family. Intercession. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost right now. God, if you want to use me as an intercessor, I'm willing. I'm willing, Jesus. I'm willing. I want to help somebody. I want to give some practicals. We're going to have a prayer meeting in just a moment. My best friend Aaron, he's preached here before. Brother Mayo. One time a preacher came by and he handed out cloths. We might do that one day, I don't know. He handed out cloths and said, I want you to take this cloth, anoint it with oil, and pray over it. And pray over it for somebody specific. And my friend began to pray for his boss. His boss that was always yelling at him. Always causing him problems. And, and at, at 19 years old, you'd see, you'd see, Brother Mayo, Aaron Mayo, just in the altars, weeping over this cloth. He carried it with him for months. 
weeping over this cloth. I know that sounds crazy for some folks. But he took and he says, I'm going to be an intercessor for this individual. And he said, I, I, man, I said, man, you, you haven't lost your passion about it. He says, no, I've got a burden for my boss. I want to see my coworker saved. And he began to pray. And, 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 and I, w- I want you to know, amen, that he has not ceased to pray for that individual. And he even walked up to that boss one day with tears in his eyes. He looked crazy. He didn't care. He, he, he had it in a nice Ziploc bag. He said, I've been praying over this for the last six months, and I'm praying for you. It may not have happened yet, but I can promise you today he's still praying. I'll never forget in high school, I got a burden from the Holy Ghost for three kids in my high school. Trevor, Katie, and Aubrey. I still have their names in my mind. You know why? Because every so often I still pray for them. I don't know why. I wasn't friends with them, didn't know them at all. I just felt a burden to pray for them. Little did I know that they were struggling with cocaine and other addictions and and that during those prayer meetings that that they they maybe didn't know and had moments of opportunities to witness to them and God opened doors and I still have connections to some of them amen but God opened up doors for me to share the gospel with them amen I remember one time uh, and this may be other people's story I'll never forget being in my house I had some roommates and I begin, amen, at four, three, four in the morning. I was completely asleep, and I got a dream of one of my best friends dying in a car wreck around the corner. He was my roommate. And I remember getting up in, that, in the middle, three in the morning. It was so real. It was a vision from God, a dream from God. Say what you will. But all I know is I woke up speaking in tongues with tears streaming down my face. I was so shooken by that. I kicked in his door, and I said, man, are you all right? I shook him awake. He was alive. But can you believe it, Brother Mark? He got out to use his car that morning, and it would not start. And for three weeks, he had mechanics look at it, and nobody, no certified mechanic, could tell him what was wrong. They'd replace this, replace that. We can't figure out what's going on. And after three weeks, I drove him around for three weeks. That's how I remember it. Three weeks of, of a dream. I thought he was going to die in a car wreck. The only time his car started is when we took it off to the dealership. Intercession. I don't know what's happening. I didn't understand what's going on. All I know is that at 3 in the morning, God woke me up, and I felt a burden. There's times where I'm here, amen, at the church, and I try my best to pray for every individual in the church, but there's times where I feel specifically to pray for individuals, amen, and I begin to pray, and I don't exactly know what's going on, but I begin to pray, and I say, Lord, amen, if no one else is willing, God, I'm willing, you can use me as an intercessor, God, amen, if if no one else is available, God, I want to make sure that I'm available, Jesus, amen, if no one else wants to pray for the city, and I know there's people that do but God I made it up in my mind if no one else wants to I can be the one that prays for every individual in this city God if you'll just lay it on my heart God what we need in this generation is a burden what we need is a burden to pray in the Holy Ghost and to intercede would you lift up your hands and your voice right now and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost Come on right now. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. God's laying somebody on your heart right now. Would you take the next six months and pray for them? Amen. Like you have never prayed before. Would you get a burden and pray? God, touch them. Maybe it's a lost loved one. Maybe it's a backslider. Maybe it's somebody who's never been to church before. But would you pray in the Holy Ghost and say, God, you know how to reach them. You, God, would you open doors of opportunity? Would you intercede? Would you be a mediator? Would you plead their cause before God? I want to open up this altar. I'm done teaching. Would you come? Come on right now. God's calling you. He's calling you the ministry of intercession. He's calling us to the ministry of interceding in the Holy Ghost. God save my boss. God save my mom. God save my coworker. God save sister so-and-so's kids. Come on right now in the name of Jesus. We're not going to lose intercession in the 21st century. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you'll intercede, God will move. 
If you'll intercede, God will bridge the gap. If you'll intercede, God will work on their behalf. Come on, he's interceding for you. Could you let him intercede through you for somebody else?